Welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this uh, month's episode, actually, this is the second episode this month, isn't it, actually? I, sh- I should actually say, this is our this is our Christmas special. Christmas bonus. Christmas bonus, indeed. <laughs> yeah, so um, we thought we would cover a um, a sort of a pantomime-type story um, from Big Finish. This, this is The One Doctor, uh, which is essentially... They're pantomime, isn't it? The big finished pantomime. Yes. Um, now, we're not going to do the news uh, on this occasion because I thought, well, um, you know, it's a Christmas special. Who who wants the news, really? Christmas. Exactly. It's Christmas. Who wants the news? So we just thought we'd just sort of get sort of more or less sort of straight into it. But um, I mean, if we, if we can clear it. Now, you might actually get a bit of the Queen's speech. But other than that. Other than that, no, nothing. <laughs> Now uh, this is actually quite um, apt because the star of this, or sort of like the the, the guest star of this particular um, story, Christopher Biggins, I, I recently saw in Panto. Yes. Uh, not for yeah, and I've got to be honest, it was really, really good, and he was really, really good. Oh. Actually, it's the first time I've seen Biggins um, in a Panto, um, and just as, as a little aside, um, Amelia was selected. My daughter Amelia was selected to go up on stage. They wanted some children to go up on stage, and um, she she said, um, "Oh no, I, I don't want to do it." So once in a lifetime chance, and she blew. It. And basically, that you got up and got to play an instrument, sort of, huh. sort of bang a tambourine or hit a triangle or something like that, and um, then you got a little um, sort of little present at the end as well. So so when she watched it happen, I think she was quite. And that's it was just with Biggins on his own, right? He, he was obviously the panto dame. Um, yes. But it was it was really really good actually. Um, it was a very very good um, production, and um, I know it's it's a very British thing, panto, isn't it? Yes, I think so. I don't know um, what other countries do it. No, I don't. I don't think there's that sort of that tradition. Um, I know it's sort of. Is it born out of the music hall tradition, pantomime? I'm not entirely. Totally sure. I know America, the US has vaudeville, what we call musical. Yeah, I, um, I think to a large extent, it's just born out of the giving the um that sort of variety acts mm. a winter income, other than from the obviously summer seasons at the in the seaside resorts. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I think I there's suspect something in that. that's where it's yeah. born from more than anything else. It's just the necessity of theatres are empty uh, otherwise. Yeah, and act, and actors and variety acts are out of out of work. So. Yeah, precisely. Now it's it's quite weird actually because I'm, I'm sort of try, obviously trying to sort of connect this to Doctor Who, and we will connect it back. To, we'll get onto the, the the review in a minute. But the um, I mean Doctor Who in a funny way does have a thanks to John Nathan Turner. Has a bit of a connection with pantomime because he used to put on pantomime um, productions, and he used to rope in people like Colin Baker because he didn't he appear as um, oh one year on the Roland Rat show he come uh, as buttons he he come from the theatre was on his way to the theatre, and he was dressed as in his buttons costume. I have I have no 
No recollection. No, no recollection of that. I, I don't right. know if it, I don't know if it led into because Roland Rat was on um, Saturday nights. Colin Baker guessing it, and I'm not entirely. I cannot remember some some maybe because I could write in out there. Um, whether it actually the thing that followed it was actually Doctor Who. I can't remember. With Colin Baker, obviously. But uh... <laughs> remember, if you are writing in, it's BBC Television Centre. <laughs> Woodlane. <laughs> W1A4WW. <laughs> so I still remember the postcode. There you go. Oh, dear. Yeah, so no, so there is a bit of a, a sort of a, a, a very tenuous link between right. Doctor Who and Pantomime there. Uh, but thanks to J&T, because uh, he loved putting those, those sort of productions. But... Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'd say if you've never been to a pantomime before, I'd, I'd say definitely do it because it is a it's a damn good sort of um, afternoon or evening, whatever you know, whenever you go. Um, and it really is, as they say, fun for all the family. You know, the, the, yeah. the, I think it, think it looks slightly less odd if you have got a family with you. No, do you know? <laughs> no, do you know what? There was lots of sort of um, old couples gone what? along to see it. Um, and it is, it is. There is something for everybody there, and I, I, I've sort of, um, I mean, I, I've nearly sort of, you know, I'm fifty years of age next year, and this is only the second pantomime I've ever, I've ever been to. And I, I've all these years, I think, what, what have I been missing, really? Because I, 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 the two I've been to, I've really enjoyed, and this year's just, was, was great. You know, you've just been waiting for all the other performers from the seventies to be safely locked up. <laughs> We've nearly done it. <laughs> <laughs> They're nearly all locked away. Christ. Oh, dear. So um, so there we are. So, obviously, we're now going to talk about a big finish pantomime, one the One Doctor. So um, let's have a quick listen to the trailer. Citizens of Genarios, you will listen. These readings? Well, the TARDIS is way off course. Way, way off course. We've drifted millennia into the far future. I have been sent to collect tribute. So, where exactly are we? The vulgar end of time. I must have the three greatest treasures of the Generios system, or I will destroy you all. What's happened? We've only just arrived. We picked up a distress call. Oh, sorry. Wasted journey. Well, we've been saved. The Skelloids are vanquished. So what happened to these Skelloids? The Doctor sorted them out for us, didn't he? Did you say the Doctor? Doctor, Doctor, we've done so much for us. How can we ever repay you? I don't expect repayment. The work I do is reward in itself. Anyway, Sally Ann and I really must get back to the Stardis. Looks like you've already saved the day, then. Beaten yourself to it. I somehow doubt it. I've never been to Generios before. You don't reckon they've rumbled us? We ought to get out of here. And lose our chance of a hundred million credits. You're really rattled, aren't you? Yes. Because if I didn't save this planet from the evil Skelloids, who is the doctor that did? Bring me the tribute. The tribute, I say. What a plank. Okay then, right, Paul. Um, you have the honour of kicking off the well, the last the last podcast from from us of this year. So um, yes, yeah. What do you think, mate? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see out see out the year as you've done, gone through most of it. So I say. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I just 
I thought it got slightly caught between two stalls of being a proper story and being a panto. Yeah. And I think it sort of suffered slightly for that. Okay. Okay. So so what, what did work for you then in this one? Uh, I actually thought it was it was in some ways a decent story that then had some rather obvious panto jokes and obvious sort of silly items pasted into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... That was slightly my problem. I think it wasn't really... I could have accepted if it had been completely... I think I'd have enjoyed it more if it had been completely panto. Or... I have actually might have enjoyed the story if you'd taken the the panto bits out of it. Mm. But somewhere I wasn't quite... Just sort of... Bits just sort of stuck with me, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, like... Well, as I say, I mean, say, this one was written by Gareth Roberts and Clayton Hickman. Um, yeah. I know sort of Gareth Roberts' name in Doctor Who circles is a bit of a dirty word at the moment. I'm not going to get into that. Um... But this is sort of very much his kind of a story. He's always done the sort of slightly more sort of comedic yeah. sort of story with a little sort of like, um, how can I put it? Sort of almost like a little bit of slapstick in there, which again is very, very panto. Yeah. I think some of the. I preferred that. I mean, I may just have a short span of attention. I thought it was slightly too long, as well. Um. Yeah. I. I. I would agree with that. Actually. Um. um stuff like. Uh, particularly. Yes, I get the joke and the whole thing about the shells of infinity. Yeah. But that basically went on for nearly a whole episode. <laughs> well. It it kind of yeah it kind of had to in a way because you you've got you've got they sort of go on this quest don't they for these yeah. um these sort of artifacts the greatest treasures aren't they this yes. invading um, alien wants um, so it is 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 almost like a, a um, it's done in three acts basically isn't it yeah in in a funny way. Um, so if you look on the Wikipedia page, it breaks it down as the Shell's Infinity, which you've just mentioned, Mentos, and the yeah. Lonely Jelloid. Yeah. Um, and there is some sort of very, very sort of on-the-nose gags, really. Um, I mean, the Mentos one is like the weakest link, yes. which at that time was very, well, very popular. Yeah, including to have the, the music as well. Exactly, it? yeah. I mean, this was... Um, by the way, this was released in December 2001, by the way. So it's, it's quite, yeah. a, quite a long time ago. Um, yeah, so it pre- predates the the first Doctor's... Of, sorry, the Ninth, ninth doctor's, doctor's attempt. Yes, indeed. Attempt at it. Um, yeah. And the Lonely Jilloid one... Um, well, that's really... How can I put it? That's just sort of like a... a Sort of trying to be sort of topical about you know missing your delivery when you've ordered something yeah. online, um, which for two thousand and one I think kind of predates even Amazon to be honest, doesn't it? Yeah, but but again I think yeah was 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 a almost one joke that was put out over 
over nearly 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and actually, the the bit on it wasn't really that particularly... It was just more... It wasn't even really necessarily a joke as such as the fact that... Yeah. I don't know. He's Topical, been satirical. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what you would just, call yeah, it, really. It yeah. wasn't. But it wasn't necessarily panto. <laughs> no, no. Um, I suppose all the... I suppose you put it the 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 protagonists in it. Like you've got those uh, droids in the Shelf of yeah. Infinity. I mean, that's like a very very panto double act, yeah, kind of thing, isn't it? And um, and, and, and the bits in there that actually made me laugh. So with silly things like the fact that they said, "Oh, we need we need a screwdriver," and you hear the crash sound as they throw it in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was yeah, there was some good there was some good stuff in it. Um, but then the and the um, last one where basically he's swallowed and the doctor's swallowed and then brought up by the by the creature. Yeah. And the thing then saying, No wonder you wear a coat like that, it doesn't notice the sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm laughing now. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean there was bits in it at the moment. I mean the stupid thing where you get back to the fact that obviously I mean, this is. I know we've now gone through this far enough before. I say there were spoilers in this. Um, this podcast. Um, the fact that obviously they're pretending to be the Doctor. I mean, I quite like that as an idea. Yeah. That they arrive somewhere, and someone else is already being fated as the Doctor for saving the everybody. That that I quite like this thing about. Um... And again, this sort of... I don't know if this influenced slightly the show when it came back on, on television, um, I should say, in 2005. This whole thing of, of the Doctor being a legend throughout the universe. Yeah. Um, because in this, it, it's... it's you know, You've got an imposter Doctor played by Christopher Biggins. And you've got something called... Uh, he chose right in the Stardis... And it's not really, it's not a police box, it's a... It's a portaloo. Portaloo, yeah, toilet, portable toilet. We, we, no, a, a public say, convenience, e- I should call it. Even the fact, I, I, did, I did find myself laughing, despite myself, at the fact that when, the, when, it, when it takes off or lands, yeah. in amongst the, the usual noise of the TARDIS, there was a flushing sound. A flushing sound, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's that whole thing about, they thought what they had... They'd done with with the calling it the Stardis and the yeah um, uh, was was yeah it was accurate to the far, yeah. yeah to the furthest de- yeah nearest detail yeah exactly know. so I like that thing of like you know things get sort of sort of facts get twisted over time it, kind yeah. of thing uh, which I, I quite enjoyed that um, yeah so I I I don't know why this hasn't sort of been done before with an imposter doctor no it seems like I mean, quite I, an obvious idea to be honest. I mean, like I say, actually, I quite like the idea. If you actually took the silly jokes out of it and actually put perhaps some more um, threatening um, quests yeah, or whatever in there. And then the ending was really good. The reason for why they was invading... Mm. The cylindrical people were invading. Yeah. Um was really good. And I don't think necessarily I can't think of being done otherwise in a 
you find it's a whole te- again spoilers on this you find the whole <laughs> thing's just a test to find out who is the doctor yeah um it's it's just a trap all along really isn't it yeah and that's yeah that that I think that is a brilliant idea I think the story really I'm actually I don't know whether my dislike to a certain extent not dislike to a certain extent is is due to the fact that actually I sit there and I'm thinking to myself actually this could have been a really good story yes it could have been that's, that's yeah. been corrupted um in ways it didn't need to be whereas they could have there are other stories I can think of that have been written mm. where you think actually if they hadn't taken themselves quite so seriously with that story it would have been, <laughs> it would have been quite funny um, yeah no so uh, I think that's what it is I don't know I, it just the bits in it I didn't find if for, if it was going to be a panto version I sort of thought I should be laughing more than I did yeah. through it I think it just got caught between the two stalls of being a serious pro, being a serious episode, and being a panto. When it was obviously meant to be, when they are trying to do it as a panto. I mean, they're not even just saying, "Oh, this is a comedic episode." When someone says panto, you think it is going to be all bad jokes, all over the top acting, whatever. Yeah. And why there yeah. was a bit of over-the-top acting. Actually, not as much as you'd expect. No, no, exactly. I, I was, I was going to say, um, ask what you thought of, of, of Biggins. His character's called Banto Zame, um, yeah, which in, is a play on words of Panto Dame. Dame. Yeah. Uh, which is what he always plays in a panto. And, and yes. when I saw him the other, um, recently, he was he was the Panto Dame. So, yeah. um, and he didn't disappoint. He was great, actually. Do you know what, what I found out? Uh, you know when they say that... Um, when other actors comment or people comment on other actors, he, he's a professional, very much a professional. He's actually waiting for a knee operation, um, Christopher Biggins, and he cancelled it because he didn't want to disappoint the people who were coming to see the Panther at Bromley. Yeah. So at certain points, he was actually going around on, on a mobility scooter. <laughs> they, they worked it into the into the panto somehow. So, um, but you still come down from a harness at one point on the, on the curvy wires and everything. So it was all, I mean, he's a, what they call a trooper really. Yes. So, um, so oh. I was, sorry. Yeah. Go on, mate. Sorry. Yeah. No, go on. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. No. So, so obviously he's, he is known for other things as well. Cause he was in porridge, um, as well. So he's, he's known, known for doing comedy. Um, it was in rent a ghost is what another children's TV show, which, um, Fans of Doctor Who should know because from the the the, um, the two guys who played the uh, the Merker uh, yes. <laughs> were in were in a Ghost, um, yeah. So, but in this, he gets to sort of kind of play it sort of more or less straight, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, and I thought he was very good. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he was actually. I felt, in some ways, you actually then think, you know. You've actually cast him because you're trying to make it a panto. Mm. And then you've given him a pretty much straightforward role. Yeah. And probably against type role as well. Yeah. I mean, he's and the last he's person. This, yeah, I was going to say, he's the last he's person. He's womanising. Galactic con man. Yeah. Which you just wouldn't expect from him. And I think, that, I think that's no. why it works, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But. 
yeah, and it's a good performance by him. But then it's not, as I'm saying, it's not Panto. And while, yeah, I'm quite happy. I mean, you know, if this had been a straight episode, mm. I'd have been. I wouldn't have been disappointed with his performance in it. No, exactly. I think he's actually good in it. I think he's brilliant, to be honest. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's the. You know, the the, the best thing in it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and well, I think, actually, I, I actually think all four of them actually of the main, you know. Uh, Colin Baker, Bonnie Langford, mm. and Claire Buckfield, who plays Sally Ann, Biggins' yeah. doctor, yeah, his assistant. Um, I think they all work well. Do you know what the one that works better? I th- I think is really good is is um, Bonnie Langford. Yeah. Now I know her character Mel has got a lot of detractors. Um, I think certainly from the. Um, from the tele- the television version of Mel, put it that way. Yes. Um, though I actually, to be honest, having watched some Mel recently, she's not that bad as people make out. To be honest, no. it's just the screaming thing. I think gets yeah. some people's nerves. But anyway, um, I, th- but they- I think I think there's just the feeling that she was cast for her ability to scream. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely, uh, and that sort of. Came with its own baggage. It did, yeah. Because everyone remembers, remembers her from Just William and everything like that. Yeah. However, I feel that Big Finish have treated her character better as they have done with Colin Baker's Doctor. Yes. Yeah. Certainly. And um, and I thought she was brilliant in this. And since she's a um, another another Panto veteran as well. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there, there was just the little nods to it when um, her and Banto are putting together the shelves or whatever. Yeah, and he he says to her about her not appearing to be scared, and she says, "Oh, if I was scared, I'd, I'd scream the place down." Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very very sort of um, meta in places, isn't it? Yeah, and there's the other bit about, um, I think, Sally Ann mentions to the doctor about how good his eyesight is, and he says, "Oh, it's plenty of carrot, carrot juice. juice." Yeah. So it's that those sort of quite are quite like you know are obviously little nods to to public opinion and and to criticisms and whatever of various bits of the the Doctor Mill uh, TV stuff. Yeah, work and yeah, I'm not saying it, it, there there wasn't bits in it that I actually enjoyed. Um, yeah, I just I just think that it just got caught between one two things but no i did i know but i did think nothing to do with i think the actual um yeah i say yeah uh the four main characters their performances were 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 very good yes yes now one thing i I didn't know um who who played a couple of voices was matt lucas yes as well as the as the geloid and as the cylinder voice as well um yeah, I mean, what, what he was asked to well, do. Is, I, I, thought... I, I say, I say, I didn't know. I didn't know it was him. No, but I did start to wonder with the Jelloid as to whether he was going to find out that that was actually what was the creating the cylinder. Hmm. Because I did think that the voices weren't that far apart. No, exactly. Exactly. Well, there you Which are. Is it's odd, the same actor. So. <laughs> yeah, but but going for a. A fairly 
northern accent. Yeah. Putting on a northern accent. And you think, actually, when you've got someone like Matt Lucas, was that done intentionally? Well, I think that that's probably the most comedic part of it. And do you know what? I I thought that was probably... The, and I, and I, as everyone knows who listens to this podcast, um, I'm not a fan of Douglas Adams, but I thought it was the most... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, Doctor's ever got, and that and that includes even when um, Douglas Adams was was on the show, because it it felt like Marvin the Paranoid Android. Yeah. So and, and that's I think that's how Matt Lucas was playing it to a certain degree. Yeah. No, it was just the fact that he sort of did both those two parts with the same. Similar accent was yeah, just, I felt, yeah. a bit strange from somebody who wasn't, who doesn't talk like that in real life. No, precisely. But he was actually putting on an accent that sounded similar to for two different characters. I'm beginning to wonder but, if, if no. he was meant to be one of their sort of their, um, I could put it, the, one of their day players, as they, as they say, as they say in the acting business. Yeah. Yeah, sort of one of their stable of actors at one point. I don't know, but uh, and the other one is well, Adam Buxton. Um, yeah, I, mean, I was surprised. That. I, yeah, I, I hadn't realised that. But, uh, again, you know, good in what he was asked to do, but I've never, yeah. I never said, oh yeah, that's definitely Adam Buxton, which I, no. I suppose is the um, um, it's the idea. It's the idea but... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I, 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 you know, it was. Um, I agree with you. It could have been. It could have done with being a bit shorter. Um, yeah, I think it's probably probably a two episode story, really. Yeah, I think I think I was just more. It might I might have enjoyed it actually, had I come to it, not realizing what it was what it was. Yeah, or what it was, or what it was meant to be. If I'd, have, but having come to it, knowing that this was supposed to be their version of a Christmas panto. Mm. I think I was expecting more of a romp. Yeah, it it didn't, and quite, it wasn't. No, it didn't quite sort of get to that point, did it? Really, it just went at too slow a pace to be um, that. I mean, the Mentos stuff was quite clever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I quite like the idea that you know, basically, they then could dispatch. Um, parts of him to go and look in, into into history to find the answers when he's asked a question almost automatically mm. as in he knows what the Doctor's three wishes were because he, he then actually had got himself, taken himself back in time to being a fellow prisoner to the Doctor of that day and had got him to, conf- to finally managed to get him to tell him what his free wishes would have been. Yeah, I mean that that worked fine, didn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I mean that, quite, that worked... I quite like that idea. Yeah, I mean that's what I say. I mean I think there was some really clever ideas in this. Um, I, yeah, and and I would have been quite happy for it to have been a straight story. Yeah, and I, and I and I think I was just expecting it to be. A romp, and I was keep sitting there saying, "Well, when's this going to really turn pantomime?" And it didn't. 
No, it didn't. It didn't. It, it trod a. I think it trod a fine line, um, in in some places. I think, especially with with the Lonely Geloid one. Um, yeah. Particular story, but um, no, I I I I'm in agreement with you. Really, it, it it's it was it was more serious than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And like I say, I think if I if I hadn't been expecting a panto, I probably might have enjoyed it as a serious story that had some silly bo- moments in it. Yeah. Whereas I was waiting for a silly story that actually turned out to be quite a straight story. Straightforward story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh... no. I mean, at the end of the day, though, Paul, I mean, would you would you recommend this? To someone to listen to. Um, yes, I would actually, but more because it's. I think there's a good story in there, mm-hmm. than to say to somebody, "Oh, listen to this; you'll really love it." Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it was a. Um, how can I put an, an undemanding couple of hours? Yeah, really. Um, which really is, is 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 kind of what you want from a sort of from a sort of like a a panto themed episode. Yeah. It was just a bit of it was a bit of fun. It doesn't add anything to the overall mythology of Doctor Who. It's you know it's not up against Daleks or Cybermen. It's not gonna you know it's probably not gonna stay in the memory. But um, as as a as I say as as, as like an, an an end of the pier kind of yeah. um, sort of. It's not a comedy thing, but a light-hearted story. I, th- I think it works. Yeah, really. I, mean, I definitely agree with you. I think I think actually the last episode probably becomes the most where you get the obviously the Geloid yeah monster, and then actually where they 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 arrive back to confront the the conquering alien. Yeah, and I quite like the fact of when they're sort of doing the. The trying to trying to say that um, Banto's character is the Doctor because mm. because the the Doctor has realised there's actually more to this than than meets the eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact of you know the whole bit about the but would the Doctor do this? And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's reaction to it was no, no. I quite even even like the the Conqueror is like. No, I quite agree. The doctor wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I think that was a little um, potential little dig at the fans of or, or the people who didn't like that happening in the uh, Paul McGann yeah. TV movie at the time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, yeah, I like quite like that. I mean, it's, so I actually found it the the bits I actually enjoyed and found funny were the bits probably where it's self-referenced. Yes. I think where it tried to just reference the what's wrong with the world we live in, <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> putting up flat pack furniture, waiting for delivery people to arrive. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure that that really fitted into either a a Doctor Who theme or a pantomime, really. Well, in a fu- in a funny way, I know we're, we're trying to sort of wrap this up a little bit now, but it in a funny way, it kind of. It kind of hinted of what was to actually come mm. in 2005 when the show came back because it was, um, you know, things like The Weakest Link, Big Brother, yeah, EastEnders. It was constantly referencing modern 
TV Life. shows. Yeah. Um, and the things that, you know, which Doctor Who's always, it's always kind of done. It's always sort of kind of um, referenced or, I'm not going to say parodied really, but it, it almost does references at real world events. Mm. Mate, they're kind of topical. I realised as I was saying that, I'm starting to sound like, I'm only happy when I'm in a Doctor Who world. I don't like the real world. <laughs> Aren't we all, Paul? Aren't yeah. we all? Hold <laughs> <laughs> myself. Is this opened up actually a part of my part of myself that I didn't really want to face? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, as we're now delving into your psyche, Paul, should, should, should we, should we uh, wrap this review up? <laughs> I, I, I think so. <laughs> oh dear. I think so. Be, be, before I regress any further. Indeed, indeed. Let's call it a day then. So, um, obviously, when we next return, uh, we'll be discussing new Doctor Who, which is back yes. on New Year's Day. Um, so, what we're actually going to do, um, our first podcast of uh, 2020, will actually be a review of episodes one and two. Yes. So it's, yes. It's, we wait over a year for an episode, then don't bother reviewing it straight away. Exactly. So no. So we'll be doing um, episodes one and two, uh, which I might actually. Um, I'm not too sure how we're going to do it yet. We might release them, at, do it all as one podcast, or record them both at the same time and release them as separate podcasts. I'm not entirely sure at the moment. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes when we uh, when we record it. Yes. So there we go. So, um, but as this is also the last, our last podcast certainly of, of 2019, um, we've had quite a few guests on the show throughout the year. Um, so I just want to say a thank you to the following people who have, who have guested on the podcast. That is Martin Havel, Bob Fleming, Paul Heath, James Rockcliffe, Joan Alexander, Natalie Nichols, Katrina Griffiths, Suki Kark, Gary Aylott, Beverly Samford, and Christopher Bryant. Thank you each and every one of you for guesting on the show um, throughout the year. Very, very much appreciated. And please, all of you, come back on again whenever you like. So there we I go. Don't, I just hope that nobody just started listening to the podcast at that moment. I thought we was going through the usual year-end, those we have lost this year. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, the listeners will know it's not that. I'm not playing any sort of Barbers Adagio in the background. So. <laughs> We we had no we had no black and white photos being flashed up as we were saying. No, no, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. And of course everybody, um thank you very much for listening to us this last year as well. Um obviously if nobody listened to us, we wouldn't be here anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well that's that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> What's that about flogging dead horses, horses. <laughs> horses we have lost this year. <laughs> horses we're still flogging this year. Um, yeah, so again, thank you so much for, for sticking with us. Um, I know we've been sort of doing the um, only monthly podcast, but we, so we've been doing the companion specials and everything and throughout the year as well. So... Um, so we'll see what, what what 2020 brings us with our content. Yes. But uh, first things first, new series of Doctor Who, season 12. Yes. Let's, let's, let's yeah. do that first. Let's do that first. Yes. So, um, so I guess really it just remains for us to wish each and every one of you to have a very, very Merry Christmas. And a Happy New and Year as well. Year. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. And we shall, uh, we shall return in 2020. So have a good one, everybody. Um, yes. 
you know, just sort of enjoy yourselves. Uh, don't overindulge. Oh, what the hell? That's what Chris is all about. I was going to say. Indulge. Overindulge. Go for it. Go mad. Go mad. So, um, so there you go. So, um, what we're going to do now, and we haven't done this, uh, we didn't do this last year or the year before, actually, but uh, we're now going to leave you with a, with a little Christmas present, and that is uh, Bob Dylan singing Here Comes Santa Claus. So, once again, everybody, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, ran down Santa Claus today. Fixing and blixing and old as reindeer, pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings, say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Santa Claus Lane He doesn't care if you're rich or poor For he loves you just the same Santa knows that we're God's children That makes everything right Fill your hearts with Christmas cheer For Santa Claus comes to Thanks to, to the Lord, Lord of love, the Santa Claus is coming.